This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Alabama Congressman Robert Adderholt is now involving himself in the case of a Lawrence County man who has gone missing in the country of Ukraine. 27-year-old Andy Hun of Trinity volunteered to head over there to fight in the Ukrainian army following the Russian invasion of that country this past April. Hun is a former U.S. service member. His family has not heard from him in Ukraine in more than a week. Congressman Adderholt says that his office has made inquiries within the U.S. State Department and the FBI in order to get any more information on the missing man. Alabama Congressman Barry Moore is signing on to the WMD Act. This bill was offered in the U.S. House by Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. The bill would classify fentanyl as a weapon of mass destruction. In doing so, the Department of Homeland Security would be compelled to address the issue using global law enforcement partners to prevent the importation of the drug by Mexican cartels. Congressman Moore says that President Joe Biden's lax and weak response to securing the U.S.-Mexico border has accelerated the deaths in the U.S. from fentanyl. Moore says that in 2021 alone, 11,000 pounds of fentanyl were seized at the border by U.S. authorities. How much actually got through and into the U.S. is still unknown. However, the Center for Disease Control reports that overdose deaths caused by fentanyl went from 70,000 in 2020 to 80,000 in 2021. Authorities in Limestone County are searching for a convicted sex offender. 39-year-old Tony Glover was not found at an Elkmont address for his compliance check. That check was being done by the sex offender investigator for Limestone County. Glover is described as a white male, 5 foot 8 inches, 150 pounds. In Covington County, one arrest has been made following a fatal shooting that occurred on Tuesday of this week. James Peoples of Op is the murder suspect in the shooting death of Brandon Foley. Covington County Sheriff Blake Terman says that officers arrived at the scene to find Foley dead from a gunshot wound. Terman also says the two men were known drug users in that area and appear to have gotten into an argument the two men didn't know each other and have for years. The athletics department at the University of Alabama at Birmingham is officially joining the American Athletic Conference. The start date has been set for July 1st of 2023. This will make the AAC a 14-team league now that six schools have already committed to coming on board with that conference. Those schools include UAB, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Rice University, and the University of Texas at San Antonio. UAB will participate in all sports within the AAC, not just football. UAB President Ray Watts says the school is looking forward to competing for championships within that conference. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, the highest single-day hike in interest rates since 1994 just occurred. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell announced a 0.75% increase of interest rates, which goes into effect immediately. Members of the Federal Reserve are expecting interest rates to hit 3.4% by the end of this year. Rates have not been at that level since 2008. Last week, the Labor Department showed that the consumer price index rose by 8.6% compared to May of 2021. This inflation spike was predicted to go down shortly into 2022, and Americans were told it was very temporary. 
A federal judge out of Texas has sided with Republican-led states against the Biden administration. U.S. District Judge Drew Tipton has ruled against the Department of Homeland Security and Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas for limiting the type of arrests that were being made of illegal aliens here in the U.S. Mayorkas sought to have border authorities only arrest those who were deemed to be public safety threats or national security concerns. Judge Tipton voided that memo that was sent out by Mayorkas, but has also given the Biden administration seven days to appeal his ruling. The case was brought to the judge by the states of Texas and Louisiana, with other Republican-controlled states joining in on that lawsuit. And when it comes to court rulings, the U.S. Supreme Court has yet to release the Dobbs case ruling out of Mississippi that has to do with abortion. However, the high court has released two other case rulings. One involves gambling in the state of Texas. The Eleto del Sur Pueblo Indian tribe brought the lawsuit against Texas state gambling officials for not permitting certain games on their reservation and casinos. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of the tribe based on federal legislation which negated state law. Also, the court delivered a 9-0 ruling in favor of protecting children from international child custody disputes. Golan versus Sada ruled in favor of a mother who fled an abusive relationship from the father of her child. She then sought not to return that child to the father's country of origin in accordance with a child custody ruling. This latest decision gives U.S. federal district courts more flexibility to determine if a child returned to another country will be subjected to physical or psychological harm. The man accused of a mass shooting at a Buffalo, New York supermarket is officially charged with a hate crime by federal prosecutors. Peyton Gendron is facing 26 charges for shooting and killing 10 black people while they shopped for groceries. Court documents read that Gendron's motive for the shooting was to prevent black people from replacing white people. 18-year-old Gendron has pleaded not guilty to those charges. The attack occurred this past May 14th. Gendron actually traveled over 200 miles to the city of Buffalo in order to commit the shooting. This past Wednesday, the Food and Drug Administration voted unanimously to approve the COVID-19 vaccine for babies and toddlers. The Zoom conference call of the FDA Advisory Committee also held a public hearing on the matter. That group experienced a wide range of opinions that were expressed by doctors, medical workers, and those who took the vaccine themselves. After my first injection, I had an anaphylactic reaction, rash, tachycardia, dizziness, shortness of breath, intense gastro pains that lasted months. The doc- my doctors ignored my reactions from the first injection and unbelievably recommended a second shot. They said it was needed to be safe. I took the second Moderna injection in June of 2021. I got dizzy right away. Two days after the injection, I could not get out of bed for a couple of days. My right leg and my arms were weak. I developed facial paralysis and migraines. My eyesight became fuzzy. I was dizzy and confused. I had no choice but to stay down. I still deal with daily fatigue, dizziness, memory problems, nerve and joint pains, burning of the skin, numbness, ringing of the ears, headaches, tingling sensations of my body, my facey droops, and my right hand tremors. These injections have badly harmed my life, my family, my work, and my health. I have found no answers or guidance. There is no pathway of improvement. No one knows if I will ever get better. This makes me feel really helpless and hopeless sometimes. In the court of public opinion, I've been called a murderer, an anti-vaxxer, and delusional. 
And ironically, you are the one that lie to the American people that vaccines are completely safe for the average person. You are offensive to actual science and medicine, lacking any type of curiosity of adverse events. I've met other vaccine injured along the way that are losing their homes, their life savings, in addition to their health. How do you sleep at night? You are a disgrace to humanity. You are narcissists cloaked in healer's clothing. The vaccine injured deserve proper medical care and financial compensation. That is the least of what you can do. Uh, my personal preferred wording is not to tell people that something is safe. I think that's the wrong messaging. I think uh, nothing in life is perfectly safe. No drug, no vaccine, no personal choice to get on a plane or get into a car is, quote, safe. I think what we need to emphasize is that the benefits outweigh the risks. I think the evidence that we had in front of us justified a vote of yes. We gotta be transparent about the real risk of COVID-19 for children. Tens of millions of children in this age group have been infected and have done just fine. But I think we need to make parents aware of what the real risks are and let them make decisions. But for those parents who choose to do so, especially those parents of kids with underlying conditions, this is a choice they should have and I'm pleased they don't have it. I'm an MD, graduate of Tufts Medical School, one of the top 10 in the country. I'm appalled at the arrogance that you, meaning the FDA, have in even thinking about vaccinating healthy children with outdated, highly toxic COVID vaccines. Children who have a 99.998% survival rate with no sequelae if they get COVID. Various statistics show that over 100,000 children ages birth to 18 that have been vaccinated with Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna's so-called vaccines have had severe, life-threatening, adverse reactions, such as myocarditis, Guillain-Barre, and many more severe adverse reactions, and even death. We know that VAERS is underreported by a factor of 100. The data cries out loudly to stop this insanity immediately before you kill or maim one more innocent child. These vaccines are not experimental. They are bioweapons designed to maim and kill. Don't think that for one second that God is not aware of your very nefarious and murderous plans and actions. If you, heaven forbid, go through with mandating vaccines for innocently healthy children, you will burn in hell for eternity. Thank you for your time and for listening with open hearts. Speaking of vaccines and the virus, guess who now has COVID? Dr. Anthony Fauci. The National Institute of Health made an official statement on the matter. They also noted that Fauci had two of the COVID-19 vaccine shots along with two more booster shots. That's four shots total. Now, Fauci has tested positive in the middle of the summer. Fauci says his symptoms are mild and he will work from home. You're listening to the Daily Detail from 1819 News. Be sure and check out radio host Phil Williams on Right Side Radio as he does a segment called That's Not How This Works. The first headline that I'm going to read you might make your heads explode. Bear with me. Let me read it to you. It's off the Post Millennial. It's dated yesterday. America's first transgender bishop resigns after allegations of racism. God almighty. What? I'm going to read it again because none of, none of those words are typically found in a sentence together. America's first transgender bishop resigns after allegations of racism. Hmm. Okay, bear in mind the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America um, is, um, is, is openly accepting uh, uh, homosexual lifestyle as a part of not just the church, but of the clergy. So they will ordain, you know, openly transgender. And so we have a situation here where here's the opening lines of the article from the Post Millennial. Transgender Lutheran Bishop Megan Rohrer 
Megan being a female, he says now, but she is a he in reality. Transgender Lutheran Bishop Megan Rohrer has resigned amidst allegations of racism after the bishop fired Pastor Nelson Rebel Gonzalez, a popular Hispanic pastor in Stockton, California. Rohrer is the first openly transgender bishop in the Lutheran Church in the U.S. Okay, it gets thicker from there. The mostly Mexican immigrant congregation of Mission Latina Lutherana had gathered to celebrate the Feast of the Virgin Guadalupe and had no idea their pastor was about to be fired. Rohrer arrived wearing a bulletproof vest to perform the firing in front of the congregation, apparently, and told the and, and, and threatened to call the police if the congregants responded aggressively. In other words, okay, let's paint the picture. I wasn't there. I'm just reading the article. The transgender bishop arrives in robes, wearing a bulletproof vest, and says, don't you, don't you all get aggressive with me because I will call the police. And then they say in the article that Rohrer was smirking the entire time but she said, no, that's just my autism. Okay, there's the next thing I didn't expect to have. None of this works. None of this was ever going to work. The first openly transgender autistic bishop fires somebody wearing body armor, threatening the congregation, don't you get aggressive with me, and then wonders why he, she, it has been fired. Says, after reviewing... <laughs> After a review of the listening team's conclusions, that's what they call the people that went to find out what's going on. Like, that's when the boss says, go down there and find out what in the world is going on. That's the listening team. After a review of the listening team's conclusions, the denomination's lead bishop, the Reverend Elizabeth Eaton, asked for Aurora's resignation and said the church needs more anti-racism training, more cultural sensitivity training, and to perform a healing visit to the community. How about they just do a better job picking their bishops? There's an idea. <laughs> no, we need anti-racism training and more cultural sensitivity training and to perform a healing visit. To, and, and, and Rohrer's response? Here's Rohrer's response. By the way, Rohrer is a white, transgender, female bishop who says... While I am likely strong enough to continue serving as your bishop, I believe I would be a poor role model for my black trans children if I continued in this position. God almighty. Did anything in that make sense? Like she's already labeled all her. She labels her kid. He, he, she labels. I mean, they can't live without labels. None of that works. That's, how, that's not how any of this is supposed to work. You can find more of that podcast at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying The Daily Detail, remember you can get those reports directly to your phone or electronic device simply by subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.